0: Buffs, a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Shani B.
1: And I'm your other host, Cisco aka Misfit Minded. And yeah, have you seen any any uh, new movies lately? I, I just what? got back from one and I'm I'm curious if you've seen it.
0: <laughs> uh what was it? What was it?
1: Uh I guess it's not that new anymore, but uh I just I finally watched the Ghostbusters, new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Did you see that one? <laughs>
0: that's the one i was gonna i wanted to take your temperature on too uh i I feel like it was a really divisive movie a lot of people (laughs) i know were like it's the best thing ever and then other people were like what a joke (laughs) so i can't i'm not sure what did you think
1: um i'm on i'm on the negative side honestly and i i feel so bad honestly because i'm just like Am I just to that point now where I'm just, like, overly cynical of everything, you know, <laughs> because I've seen so many movies? but like, It's
0: hard not to be sometimes.
1: I just, like, I was trying to figure, I'm like, it, it's, like, the same thing. I have a problem with, like, the Marvel formula being, like, the same every time. And yep. I'm just, like, I think I'm just over the soft reboot with IP. Like, it's just... It's so lazy. It's so, and I was really incredibly is. like I would this say the first in half of it, the first half of it, I actually was enjoying like how different it was. It seemed like it was going like the direction, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, and like you know, with McKenna Grace, she was like the saving grace. Like no pun intended, of the film <laughs> for me because I think that character was like she just killed that role. Like as the new, yes uh egon or whatever and like mm-hmm. so that she she did a great job with that i i think everything else was like there were, were all wet blanket characters i mean there's literally a kid named podcast
0: dude it like, i'm so i couldn't angry. even give
1: this kid a name
0: seriously <laughs> next level next level like racism or something it just seems so weird oh. that they're like you know what we're just gonna not do it and i think he, he was the saving grace for me i love mckenna grace but i really liked that kid and i'm like he, was, Fuck, he, did, good,
1: he did good in that role too but it, that that just bothered me where i was like again it's like am i being overly cynical or like did the screenwriters just not give a shit to give him even a basic name
0: <laughs> seriously <laughs>
1: like, like his profession is his name or like what he likes to do like oh he likes doing podcasts so we'll just have him call himself podcast. Like, who does that? Like, I don't, like, what kid would do that?
0: (laughs) Especially because you nailed it. It's what a lazy screenwriting ploy. Like, why not just give him a name like any human being deserves? And then you can have people shorthand call him podcast because they've forgotten his name in the writing. There's plenty of human ways to deal with a kid whose character's into being a podcaster when you're not, like, thinking it's original to do that
1: yeah it was I mean there was a lot of questionable choices and I don't want to spoil um <laughs> you know the very end but like the third act is when I completely I was on the I was kind of in the middle of mm-hmm. like you know there's some stuff working here for me I, you know yep. like visually I think it, it's it's like pretty distinct like you know it's it looks pretty good and um again yep. and grace like i said everything else i'm kind of like nah i'm bored with the cheap nostalginess of it and then yep third act i i went the other way for like i just was like oh no oh no, yeah.
0: dude <laughs> so inappropriate so
1: bad I'm, <laughs> there's some people like i would say like edwin and like you know the critic circle like uh, that, like around Ed, they they it all worked for them and i just was yeah. like I don't know. I felt very gross. I felt very <laughs> gross. Disgusting. This end, and I I could not, like, respect it. And it was just... It was funny because it felt like they were trying to, like, market this to, like, kids. And these kids behind me in the theater could not give a shit about this movie. Yeah. They were so bored. They were running around. Yep. <laughs> and I was like... Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's almost... Yeah, It's it's like that hard thing of, like, they want to... Put in all this nostalgia for fans of the original, but also mm-hmm. like be like sanitize it to be like a kid friendly franchise yes. at the same time, and you know I don't know. It, like I said, I it mean, was, there's there's some stuff that's cool, but it's just you know Ivan Reitman the, or what's what's is that who's the who's the son? Is that what's the son's name? Jason Jason's the Jason Jason Reitman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know I'm I'm not even. Like, I like a, a lot of his movies, but he makes those, like, yeah. quirky indies, and it's, like, the same thing with Marvel. I think that's why I thought of that at first, too, because
0: Marvel mm. does the
1: same shit of, let's take quirky indie director um, yep. who does these small, low-budget movies with a lot of personality, like, of their personality in it, and let's make give them, like, $100 million to make... <laughs> You know this huge, <laughs> big budget CGI mess, and I'm like, what is the logic on that? And I, I never understand it. Like, why?
0: <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah.
1: you know it's it's it, it rarely like okay sometimes it works and it pays off but. I I just am am more baffled all the time when I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't understand why, <laughs> you know. If you want to understand why the movie didn't work, I'd I'd say a large part of it is because of that. It's like, yeah, these these guys clearly, even with Shang Chi, it's like, yeah, Daniel Critton, he he makes these really amazing dramas, and then it's mm-hmm. like Shang Chi, like this huge multi-continental martial arts <laughs> movie <laughs> it's like yeah yeah maybe uh maybe we shouldn't have asked the like that guy to do that i don't know it's but i mean i know i'm in I the minority in a lot of this stuff I uh, yeah it's, no it's weird
0: I feel like I <laughs> I see exactly where you're coming from because this is the debate that I had with my partner like he he's like I just don't understand like what even happened in that what was the story yeah. what are we doing and I was like oh right you know because I know the first one and the second one so well I mm-hmm. I was able to see that they basically just lifted pretty much everything like almost oh, every encounter then, and- this movie is no, straight to, lifted.
1: Be, to be clear, like I love the first one. Like I Same. watched it a a ton as a kid. Um second one, even the second one too, I would say. Like those so yeah. I didn't even rewatch. I didn't even rewatch because they just they I remember them. They they're so strong in my memory still. And yep. um yeah it's it's like that thing of, like, yeah, we want to be slick and do all these callbacks or whatever for, like, the OG fans. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but, you know, especially there was there were some, like, like I said at first, that were like, okay, that's kind of cool, it's kind of, like, subtle, and the third act, it it was like, they couldn't think of an ending, so it's like, we're gonna do the same villain, the same plot, the (sighs) same creatures, the same, it's like, really really <laughs> we're going to just do everything again the same oh, I mean it man. felt like
0: <laughs> it felt like so much got cut out of it to me because there was a lot in there too that like completely went unanswered it's like first of all yeah. who is this woman's mother right like who had a kid with Egon and why wasn't it the receptionist she's was in love with him for two movies they were so clearly building something together yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i know yeah, she exactly. and rick moranis also had some sort of thing but like there were so many other questions where i was like i want those answers not just the same thing i saw before but i'm with can you. i tell you
1: my hot take too like i was honestly yeah. i walked out of it and i was like i know this was a response to the 2016 it's like almost <laughs> like this is the rise of skywalker to yeah the last jedi yep I'm like 2016 is the Last Jedi. I might prefer 2016 to this yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, didn't think it was that bad when it came out. I, I, well, I, I remember same. I avoided. It was the same thing with Last Jedi. I was so grossed out by the fandom and the mm-hmm. the clear, just like sexism, like of the fan. I, I just avoided it. I just did not see it. Yep. I'm like, I'm just. I don't even want to talk about it. Like this is like really disgusting to me and yeah. i waited like years until it was like i think like i ha- i i had like a digital copy of it or something like that and then i just watched mm-hmm. it, and i was like that wasn't worth that much debate like back then <laughs> i remember watching Word. Like, it was it was fine like there's mm-hmm. some cgi and the, again villain problems in that but like i my, again i i respect originality and i like that's why you know, I, that's why I, when we were talking on here before, like um, Eternals, I would say is my favorite MCU movie of the year because it's like that's mm-hmm. the most different. That's like it felt like yeah. Chloe Zhao, you know, had her Oscar and they were like, whatever you want to do, like we will do it. <laughs> like <it's>, it, it, <laughs> it felt very different than like, like, say, some of these other directors that like, you know, they just stepped in and they're like, all right, we're going to do our marvel formula you know like here you you go well you're just a plug-in player basically Um, which i feel like a lot of the time and so yeah i don't and it's like you know there's two post credit scenes it's like are we are really going to do the marvel thing with this too like like that's the other thing that's marvely about it is like we're going to set up yep. a sequel we're going to set up some
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it was so clearly a different direction to go in in terms of like what's behind the filmmaking you know the the originals are, are comedies that have some sci-fi in them and you know the reboot is really more about like children's sci-fi comedy which is a different genre you know, like, mm-hmm. they're related, but they're different. And it, it was interesting how they tried to they tried to mix those two things. But I think unless you are just in the mood for, like, bright colors and nostalgia and, like, nothing really more, then this works for you. But if you were hoping for them to, like, do something a little bit more original or at least try something yeah. like the 2016 one, then you weren't going to get anything. Because the areas yeah. where they set themselves up to do something new, they just ignored like
1: and I think it's happened, I think it's worth mentioning in yep. in both cases of Eternals and in the 2016 made mm-hmm. by female female voices like the cast Ghostbusters yep. 2016 was all female Eternals made by a female filmmaker and it's like I I don't think that's like a stretch to be like yeah there's something to that like why do the female filmmakers get shit on more than you know the, yeah. the average dudes that come into this thing. Like I, so true. I have no shame in saying that. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, th- it doesn't mean you have to who... like praise them because of that. Right. I'm just saying. Like I, I, it feels different. They feel different. And uh, just for me, like there's some like, even birds of prey. I'm still defending birds yes. of prey. This oh, much time birds later, and I'm like mm-hmm. against these like shitty dudes and I, a lot of the time i want to say like bro do you just like hate women like sometimes i just be yeah. like saying that like yeah. outright like you just hate women because i mean why? it's true. I mean, I'm just passionate about i do not even feel that passionately about any of these movies but I find myself just defending these movies a lot of the time because of that. It's it's weird. We're in a weird no, no. fandom, toxic fandom time.
0: <laughs> we are. I mean, that is the tightrope that filmmakers are are walking. And I think maybe because some female directors just have this understanding that, like, this is the price they pay. You know, they're entering this dominated world. Mm-hmm. And part of it is sort of like dealing with the mud that people are going to sling. But I think at the very least, with time, people can go back and appreciate it. You know, like the average viewer Mm. can't be so swayed by the troll a couple of years later because I've been defending Ghostbusters 2016 since 2016 and people are turning around on it. (laughs) Everybody's starting to turn around on it.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that, that. That makes sense. And I feel like I feel like time is the only thing that will help some of these totally. movies that get shit on at the time because they will hold up a lot better i mean that's paul um what's his name uh paul feig that did the ghostbusters yep. and like he's he's a he's a comedic like genius like yeah <laughs> it's so, true like, it's like he, he's, he's we're talking about bridesmaids here we're talking about the office yes. like
0: well that's the thing so. too is that I feel like uh female driven comedies where like the females lead they're often more subtle and I think sometimes that turns people off too cuz if they try Dude, to I be too loud
1: on Blu-ray okay. I- I love the Bad Moms franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good franchise.
0: But like, you know what I mean? There are these subtle jokes that women bring forward. And sometimes I think the average audience or like some of these more misogynistic bros, like they just don't like that they have to think about it or hang out a little bit longer to pick up a joke. You know, they just want to know what's Mm -hmm. going on, feel like they know everything about this uh, intellectual property. So you're going to fuck it up. You know, like they don't yeah. like surprises. They want to know everything, and That's you true. can't make a movie for fans who want to know everything already. That's like why I am kind of out on Marvel altogether. It's just like, so
1: bare minimum. It's so bare I can't minimum do homework. I can just feel it, and it's like yeah, yeah.
0: it's like why am I so. doing the extra work for your movie? That's not fair.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then real quick, because we do have to start this episode. But Resident yes, Evil, but I you saw it. Resident Evil after Book, last week's yeah. episode. Okay, What well, well, just quick thoughts. Great. Love I haven't, it. I haven't uh, seen it Super yet. fun
0: time. Super okay. fun time. Um, barely a story, but after you explained to me <laughs> that, you know, this uh, rendition was trying to do more of the game, I that, that like, horror, totally more clicked.
1: More Yeah, it It feels it really like more of a works. horror movie, right?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. It really vibed on, like, legit jumps. Like, I, I jumped several times, and I was like, damn, I can't believe how scary this movie ended up being... <laughs> Even though it's also still a little bit like, you know, phoned in story wise, the gore and the filmmaking is there. It's just it's like we talked about last week. It's hard. It's hard when yeah. you don't have a Michelle Rodriguez or like a Mila Jovovich, like really holding it to the ground, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it seemed like from the trailer that was going to be the week. Like if mm. I had to critique just from the trailer, I was like, yeah, the the, the casting seems questionable. Uh, yep
0: seems and, a little cw
1: yep and, and, and the actors yeah they're giving off the cw vibe exactly couldn't have said it better uh, <laughs> all right it let's, was let's fun. get it was talking about fun. mission impossible though because yeah i cannot wait <laughs>
0: same same okay uh,
1: so yeah let's all get right started on this today we're talking about our first brian de palma film uh the 1996 uh spy movie mission impossible um, yes yeah what's it about shiny me
0: well it is an espionage tale uh within a tale it's about an american agent who is under false suspicion of disloyalty and is out to kind of discover and expose who the real mole is in his organization and it's jam-packed full of great actors and <laughs> one Hell of the yeah. best one of my all-time favorite movies like in general what about you are you a fan of this movie
1: so it's it, I have like a this is like one thing like me again me and Edwin like we we talk about like franchises and disagree yeah. a lot of times so this is one where we kind of fall on opposite ends on um in that I, he, he the first one is his favorite and mm-hmm. um I'd always remembered like liking the first one but thinking that they improved on it in the sequels like. You know, like the just because they're more action packed, they're more stunt oriented now. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, I I don't. I don't think. Um. I I necessarily appreciated the filmmaking of it and the Brian De Palma of it until Mm. like you know now being like a film, like having a degree in film, basically now, and and becoming a huge Brian De Palma head. This time around, I got to say, like a lot of that stuff stuck out to me a lot more, a lot more, in which we'll talk about, like, when we get to the filmmaking um, aspects of it. Um mm-hmm. still think, you know, the third act, um, I think that was, like, I, I think that's where my opinion is still pretty strong on it, where I think it kind of falls apart in the third act, especially. Um, and, and where in the other movies, that's, like, where the, you get the huge set pieces or whatever, and in this one, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, it's on a train, it's, like, there's some cool stuff on it, but, like, um you know the cgi yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty yeah it's pretty small stakes and uh but i know that's what some people like about it so um but yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely cool to see where the franchise started um i think yep. it's like a i think if you look at it in context with the whole you know um you know there's like seven movies now i think i think <sighs> six or seven mission impossible mm-hmm. movies i think it's a great decade to start great place to start you know what I mean like it's it was the perfect place to bring the IP of the TV show to a big screen um, and so I do appreciate it for that but yeah what about well, you and like, it, gave is this, it like your favorite one or do you wh- where do you stand on that
0: I break the franchise up into like chapters I guess so for like first chapter I think of the first two films as the where this franchise begins and The reason I like this one so much is because I feel like it poises the film to be able to go to those places in the future. You know, it's like comes Mm. out so fucking strong and with such an exciting, charismatic front man that even though number two is like a little bit confusing for some people and they don't all come to it by three, it's like, here we go into, into chapter two where, like, these movies are full-on this kind of action movie that's a little bit more fun and upbeat. And the first two are are trying to figure out where that is. So I feel like they just can't really be con- included. <laughs> it's like they, they really feel like a different yeah. franchise, even though Tom Cruise kills it and he's in all seven.
1: And you couldn't get more different filmmakers than De Palma doing the first one and then John Woo doing the second one. <laughs> Seriously. You get, like, more polar opposite like by the time we get to two we're on full-on action movie mode you know what i mean it's like even they knew it's like we got to up the action in this franchise
0: (laughs) totally totally i mean i think that's because by the end of this movie they've been raising the stakes on the action you know they sort of start in this place where you can tell that it's hyper-controlled you know they've set up the whole scene in the open of this film they control every element of it and by the end, it's like, this fool can't control anything. He's on a moving train now.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, well, that's like, what I like about this one, I think, is that, because I was in, you know, not to step on the research part, but, like, mm-hmm. he, he, the whole movie, Ethan Hunt does not really use a gun. There's a, there's a scene where nope. he, he, like, you know, carries it and, like, you know, loads it, or loads it up, but never shoots anybody. It's like, this is not, like, a James Bond movie nope. in that respect like there's chases and stuff like that but um i like that it's just cloak and dagger it's more you know heist there's some heist stuff in it like it's it's mm-hmm. very like neo-noir I, I actually that's what i like about this entry like compared mm-hmm. to the other ones because then you just get straight up like you got jj J. abrams doing one and then christopher yes. McQuarrie. has done like a couple of them I think so
0: exactly um, and then those
1: are those are action filmmakers and De Palma is just he's more interested in the suspense and like uh you know the train sequence it's like yeah he also has another suspenseful train sequence uh train station sequence in untouchables (laughs) yeah (laughs) the guy the guy (laughs) loves the train station
0: Yeah, it's like he got to do a lot of things in this film he's good at, and, you know, him bringing his flourishes to it just elevate, you know, what was probably much sillier on TV. You know, I'm sure that if this movie came out too campy, then by the time we got to seven, it would be, you know, fast. It'd be fast seven. But instead, Mm -hmm. we kind of start super grounded, and we keep thinking about how to stay on the ground. You know, we have Tom Cruise, like, never becoming campy even you know when this movie has to go to extremes he's still fucking doing the stunts for real and i just feel like that starts in the grounded place where he he started this because this has to be like one of his early producing gigs right
1: for cruise
0: yeah like as the yeah. producer and the lead actor yeah, exactly. like
1: it has to I be early yeah yeah and, and i was this, like yeah, this is a or this is a weird De Palma movie, too, if you think about it, because it's, like, more big budget. But, like, I know at mm-hmm. the time this was, like, a very, you know, he was kind of coming off of his success in the 70s and 80s, and it was kind of being like, you know, is De Palma, is he done? Like, is he done mm-hmm. uh, being successful? And, like, the fact that this was a hit. I know there was, I think there was, like, a lot of behind the scenes, like, controversy because this was like you know how do we make this from the tv show and like i think there was some script issues um at the time with like the Palma and the screenwriters Mm. um Mm -hmm. but like like i said i think there's a there's a pretty good balance especially in like the first like two-thirds of the movie that like you know it's it's clearly de palma it's clearly like his interests probably not as like perverse as Mm -hmm. his movies usually tend to be but like that's that's also probably a good thing uh yeah you know yeah you know it's probably the story didn't need that didn't need that
0: it's true it's sort of like even that inadvertently sets us up to be able to have the interesting kind of james bond style romances ethan hunt will have while also the very grounded deep love he'll hold for michelle monaghan you know, like yeah. <laughs> there's just and we could talk so many about some of the plot here,
1: but I do agree I with to. you about the 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 the, <laughs> the age difference between uh, uh, John it, uh, Voight yeah, and and, and, like and his uh... love interest in it, and it's <laughs> like she and you know what's even weirder to me is I was like she almost is like a Angelina Jolie ish. Looking, yeah. you know what I mean. She has that like yeah. very distinct look with like the plump lips and like kind of like like the brown yep. hair. And I'm just like, okay, this is like weird on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <is> Especially,
0: just... <laughs> yeah. Especially because John Boy like already comes off a little bit weird in the '90s, and then he like says, you know, having tasted the goods, you know, in the end there, oh, and God. it's just that
1: was such a weird last, yeah. <laughs> The writing like is it cuts to her. It cuts to her when he says that, and she's almost like, "Ew, like, bro." Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like, "Oh, thanks." Yikes. But yeah, oh it, it is interesting that uh, the the age difference there because it doesn't bother me between Vanessa Redgrave and Tom Cruise. I like love their sort of uh,
1: that was interesting. You know, I like sexual it was, tension it was... or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 like that, um that was almost James Bond to me too though, where it's like the femme fatale, like does she really like him or is she just yes. you know, using him for information or to like be in you know, we find out at the end, like that it was it was like kind of a setup, but um I think even in their performances like this time around, I knowing I knew that going into mm-hmm. it, um, and that's kind of the fun too, is like you get to see if they, they like tell or like their tells are and I think in, right. the, in that that sense, like you can tell that um, Cruz is kind of skeptical of it, while because she's she's almost like throwing herself at him, uh, yeah. And he's kind of like, "All right, bro, your your husband just died," <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> something fishy. She she plays it, I think, too too much. Where it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of obvious that. Um, but they do some cool stuff with the void thing that even like you know re-watching it to see if that like to hide that he's the villain and i, I kind of forgot that they they even like reveal that like yes. early before like the third act um train stuff gets going like well, this it's a twist yes. but it's pretty pretty early on to what you would expect from like a third act twist because well, like you go just... into that action scene at the end like knowing that he's the bad
0: Yep. Yep. But I guess like uh, that's also a total diploma, diploma move to be like, well, this was like 30 stories going on at once. So I'll close one out because the better part of that story hasn't happened yet. And we'll do that. You know, it's like yeah. whether or not John Voight was the mole, there's like other things at play now. And so mm-hmm. it is interesting to kind of see how like in espionage stories, it's like information is so important, but it's also sometimes totally useless. Right, like mm-hmm. I love that scene where he's where John Voigt is trying his best to convince him that he is not the bad guy, and Ethan's like going with it while visually because we, know, totally we know as an
1: audience. I mean, like, <laughs> yep. He, he says it at the end too. Like, I knew from the the Drake Hotel with the mm-hmm. book like that's when that's when we the audience if you're paying attention are like oh it's john Boyd. <laughs> yep like yep. They, they they roast him pretty openly at the beginning for like staying at these cushy hotels uh yep. so they they make kind of a point of it they'll be like yeah this it's him and uh you yeah you, you sit there while he's like li- clearly lying to Cruz, but like the reenactments of Cruz thinking about what had happened you know but then he's yes. also not sure if you know, the girl had something to do with it. So he's like, no, 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 he couldn't have acted alone. Like he's trying, you're, you're seeing his yes. thought process. Like that was cool to me that you don't really yep. see that in movies, you know, people thinking and then them like playing out like that. So, and then even, um, Renault, uh, you know, like him being the, the guy who knifes the other yes. person because they make a huge deal about, you know, the knife and the, the heist scene, uh yep. that plays such a big part in that. So it all comes together. It all comes together, which I, I like about it. Um, and what else? Did, like terrible. any other like nitpicks before we get into I mean, what we love about it?
0: I feel like there's a fair amount of yada yadas that go down here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing that I love about this is to me, this one has the most memorable like one liners. I feel like there are so many lines Tom Cruise says in this one that always stick with me because as they go on, the writing is like less kitschy. It's like it is more grounded. It is more matter of fact and like about what we're doing and about the relationships. And I feel like in this one, you know, they just yada yada that like, well, we were able to steal that shit and get out of Langley like pretty easy. You know, Uh, well, even even
1: the opening credits as
0: as it seems.
1: The opening (laughs) credits gives away stuff kind of like if it's yes. very fast fast cutting so like you could mm-hmm. tell like probably the producers are like bro you can't like just give away some of these plot points <laughs> but they uh but it yeah makes me you, think if those... you look closely you can see yep. like you know the setup at the beginning you can see like some of the 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 reveals uh if you're playing yes. close enough attention
0: i mean like that's also yeah. like my kind of vibe you know i'm the kind of movie nerd that's like i am looking at the weird detail that's in the back of this screen and i'm wondering whether or not you thought about it (laughs) you know like that's exactly how i like to watch a movie which is one of the reasons why i love de palma because i think he does think about it and Mm -hmm. this movie is a good example of how i think he also likes to wave something in your face to see if you saw it you know what i mean yeah yeah
1: I I agree with your ear like about the the lines too though like I always like at the end though like even though I, like again the third act is kind of the weakest part for me like the red light green light and then like exploding in the helicopter I'm like I'm every time fuck yeah
0: <laughs> dude Asta lasagna yeah
1: oh yeah <laughs>
0: don't get any on you
1: it's the so restaurant, good too like that's the second time he uses the gum it's so simple but like. Never gets old. It's still it still works the second time too. Like he does it in the helicopter.
0: Yep. Yep. And it's sort of like that's what they that's what you kind of come to expect, I guess, to be possible in this franchise is that like we don't maybe have all of the gadgets figured out, but but there's this desire to do more action, to have big explosions and to have big uh sequences. It's just sort of like that is something I thought about this time around that, like, that's not necessarily like where De Palma's strength is. You know, his yeah, strengths know. are in the suspense, are in, you know, the sensuality, are in more of the noir aspects. And that's something I love about this. But mm-hmm. the action piece, it's like he, I feel like De he's too not interested slow to in it. Do, yeah. You can tell <laughs> exactly. he's not
1: at all interested in the action of it. <laughs> like, the third nope. act is almost like they were like, bro, we need like a, we need like a helicopter chase or whatever, and he's like, "Fine, I guess." Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's like, "Okay, cool. Just do it on this one day where I won't be there." The second unit director's you got guys a bone. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like, it is interesting because foundationally, that's kind of why I think this franchise is. Standing is that Tom Cruise has always kept it grounded and emotional. You know, maybe not as uh, volatilely emotional like in this one where he's like, you know, "Gibbs stop! like screaming.
1: I like it's that scene too, though. Too like, I, I like when when because Cruise he, he can play that kind of unhinged per, yeah. like pretty well. I think like and so when you're he's yep. being put under the microscope and and he kind of is seeing. Again, you can see his thought process like in the in his performance. At least I can, which yep. I so I I think that makes it a good performance because you can see him being like, Oh, they I'm being yep. set up. Like you can yeah, like especially on Rewatch when you know like that, you know, that I think that they kind of make him like the de facto villain, uh, the guy that's like coming in to arrest Ethan. Uh, yep. for, for um yeah, so yeah, yeah, Kittredge, So the whole time you're just like He's like thinking like, oh, I'm getting set up like they're trying to take me in. Like, that's why there's all these mm-hmm. agents here and I have to, like, find a way out of this. Like, there's nothing really like that to say that. But but his performance and like, yeah, him snapping exactly. on them on too. like everyone's dead.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's exactly. Dead. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like we get to grow up with Ethan in an interesting way. Where like he goes from sort of like a little bit younger, more volatile guy trying to survive this insane world of espionage to, you know, the man that we now have in Fallout who's like, I just got to fucking do this shit. Like, I don't really yell at anybody anymore. I just like handle my business and get it done. And it's just kind of cool to know. (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of cool to, to be able to go through that range with him. You know, like like
1: even when um the girl like makes it out from the beginning, he thinks everyone's dead and she and he kind of like, you know, pins her to the wall and is like interrogating her and you're like, you know what, like all of his team did die, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like and he's being blamed for it. So you understand his his frustration and like, you know, where totally. were you? Like how, you were in the car. I saw you in the car. Like yep. <laughs> And uh, he was right. He was right. She ended up being in on it. So, you know, he was right to question her like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was watching it this time thinking, like, you know, how how much of this is something that he also got through luck or orchestrated, too. Because, you know, like, uh, when Claire brings in the professional, like, she, the professional was also working with John Voight, mm-hmm. right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, did Ethan sure, have John that?
1: know. Yeah, I think that's yeah. His like, name, did Ethan yeah. see that
0: knife and kind of know what that knife was? Because when they're doing these meetings, well,
1: when they're like seeing each the, other, some
0: of these details are there.
1: Yeah, in that John Voight sit down when he catches up with him again, um, when it shows like his thought process, he knows they got stabbed. I think because he finds her, you know, and and then she's been stabbed, and you just see the hand and the knife going through, but. I don't think he yep. would have seen that. I just think he's kind of filling in that blank that like she was stabbed. And, you know, this guy had a knife like he, he again, yep. he's like, yep. he's. you can see his the wheels turning and him trying to fill That's in true. those blanks. But I mean, for us as the audience, I think they spell it. They, they spell it out pretty clear like that. That's the same knife. It's a long black knife, like pretty distinct yeah. knife.
0: Yep. It's yeah. exactly the same. And again, you know, I love the details in the Easter eggs. You know this movie is like a proper movie complete with the filmmaking and the action and the music and mm-hmm. you know the visuals. I, I also love the color. it's It's sort of like flat but bright at the same time, you know, like mm. washed out yeah. and there's a little bit of vaseline here and there, but but also yeah. flat, right? Like not too nothing over the top.
1: Yeah, no, i I, I noticed that this time as well. I agree. Like, especially in that opening sequence or like, if we're talking about filmmaking stuff, like I Mm -hmm. still think, I mean, it's pretty long. Like it's not even, I I say opening sequence, like it lasts for like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. (laughs) It's like all this setup of, you know, you meet the team and we're on this mission like immediately. And like, you think like, this is going to be the whole movie is this team and they pull the rug up from under us and the whole team fucking I mean even (laughs) Emilio Estevez like I think that probably hasn't held up as well necessarily because like he was like a huge star at the time so for them to kill him off it's like the scream thing with Drew Barrymore it's like holy shit like they just he's the first one he's the first one to be like to get box and, they, and you're like wait if they kill him like no one is safe <laughs> and they
0: set you up several times yeah. with him like moving around the elevator not afraid of it or feeling in danger at all only to like be yeah. slain by the elevator because like that's one of my favorite kills this movie also has yeah. more gore in it than you think because like you can oh, see that, that, that elevator, going you know,
1: in to his <laughs> yeah. face yeah Robo. yeah uh, uh, <laughs> the the legend, Rabotin. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: It's so it's so good. And you know, that first opening shot is like a guy watching people on TV that he is secretly recording and it just says Kiev. So like there literally is yeah. nothing other than, you know, a straight up De Palma shot with a title sequence and we kind of have to figure it out. But then they very quickly explain it to us again because we start a mission right away, too. Like, that's I something think I love about this movie it's just as well That weird yeah it's perfectly
1: executed like you 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 get you meet them just enough you yep. like the 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 fact that like they're all they all have their own thing that they're doing um you you see like her spray you mark the target and then cruising yep. her like in the alley I love the look of like when they're in the alley, it's very like old school noir um yep. you know they're like in this like weird alley like in kiev and yeah you know tom cruise just with this girl like pinning the girl he's just like do like ab- do we abort or like they're in that weird yep. like you know yeah they're
0: like sort of clearly this up, is but falling, not
1: really yeah. <laughs> this is falling through and he has to which is ethan hunt does and like every installment is like i have to make my own call like i can't just listen to the abort right. like i'm gonna follow this follow through with the mission and clearly he doesn't know that he's like a pawn in this whole thing but that's the Palma that's like his that's his bag yep. is like someone that's in over their head John Travolta and blow out like I'm in over yes. my head but let, let me let me investigate this Mert like go after this serial killer anyway and it's like you don't have any reason to do that <laughs> like I, I know you want to help out but it's like bro this is gonna be Tragic for you and it, and it, yep. it, you know most of just same thing with dress to kill, like a lot of his protagonists
0: yes. I
1: would say especially guy protagonists um mm-hmm. are in over their heads and they fall into the conspiracy of the film um yeah and yeah, I just like that he's not afraid to to do that like he's like i'm gonna th- th- that's what makes his movies interesting it's usually a guy that's caught in a web of conspiracy, and that's perfect for a spy film, so. Yeah, yes. the opening is, that's just my favorite sequence of the, I know the most iconic is like the Langley, you know, oh. breaking in. And I I mean, it's, that's a classic. It's still iconic. It's still, you know, has aged remarkably well, but the opening is just my, De Palma and just my shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yep. like, if you appreciate De Palma, you, you can see his work there, his style, the split-diopter yep. shots, the you know, it's, it's, it's just really great. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The amazing that. POVs, the fantastic First person, yes. angles, like exactly, just making sure that we are kind of just as confused or disoriented as Ethan in certain situations where he is feeling that. And I think exactly. even in, you know, the opening sequences and the Langley stuff, there are some amazing extreme close-ups where you're like, what, what's gonna happen what's going on <laughs> it's like even though i've seen yeah. it i'm sort of like still waiting for this moment i know it's coming and and the there's filmmaking just something is so about good, that though. suspense it, yeah the
1: filmmaking is so good that like you said you feel like you're like caught up in it even though you know mm-hmm. what's happening it's like like you said with the the angles the, the dramatic angles the dutch angles and the extreme yep. close-ups the first person you know, camera work like it's just so everything good. is is elevating what could be just like a you know a basic setup for a movie from someone else, mm-hmm. but the Palma just that you can just tell like that it almost was like yeah that's that probably was his favorite sequence to film. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I had to guess, I had to venture a guess about what was his favorite stuff. Like that's the most the Palma. It's got like totally. a, it's got an. It's got like an unseen killer, you know, an unseen killer doing the stabbing and stuff. And yep. uh, with Vo- void all you see is hands and the silencer. Like that's like a De Palma thing is gloved, you know, hands killing and not seeing the killer. Like it's, yeah, it, it's just yeah. really great. Yeah, stuff. being
0: forced to watch also. Right, like even yeah. is forced to watch his whole team die, not just have mm-hmm. this awareness. Like he's fucking catching everybody right as they're dying. And exactly, that,
1: he's that too is late.
0: another thing. Yeah, that's another one of his things he likes to put his characters into the place of is sort mm-hmm. of like being forced into this situation where they're over their head, where like they didn't want to see what they saw, they d- didn't want to be where they were, and that doesn't really matter. they <laughs> are gonna get it. Anyway. I always
1: forget to. I always forget, too, they have, I mean, the very, very opening of the film is, like, them getting information from this guy and, like, cruising, like, the, the map, yeah. you know, and them set like, there's a whole set and it's, like, a movie within a movie yeah you know like where they the props and the sets get carried off and like he takes off the mask and they're like so good "Um, all right we did everything and it's like that's something they do and like to this day in like the new mission impossible movies like i forgot that it's present in this in the first one um yeah i I mean the mask reveals get kind of goofy i gotta say like they it's it's something they fall back on a lot of mission impossibles and it's Mm-hmm. sometimes it works for me other times I'm just it just gets a little too ridiculous even for me but um, totally you know I like that be well first played. one I, I think that first one is is good and even the John Voight one at the mm-hmm. end it's it's like but like once you get to like the voice enhancers and stuff like it gets pretty <laughs>
0: I love that that's shit it though it's
1: like Yeah, that's, it's true. It's it's true. But But that is when it
0: sort of turns into the next chapter of like being these high octane action films that like straight up Tom Cruise kind of invented because he sort of took the buddy comedy action stuff and brought Bing Mm -hmm. Rames with him, but he kept it on the ground, like where it started, you know, in more dramatic spaces where the reality of who these guys are has always been present too. And the color changes. You know, I feel like by by the time we get yeah. to some of like JJ Abrams's is, is so bright colored. It's like orange and red and so blue. The lens it's players, amazing. Like flares yeah, yeah.
1: everywhere. Yeah. It's uh, it uh, is interesting. It's funny too though, because like Tom Cruise is like infamously short. And so I'm like, I wonder <laughs> if like that's why when he's John Voight, they have him like super far, like in the corner, sitting down, because it's like she would probably see him and being like, "Wait, you're not John Voight." <laughs> <laughs> like my guy's probably. like, six foot plus, like. But they they kind of do that, like try and hide it. He doesn't talk in this one. There's no voice enhancers in right. this one, so I think they can get away with it a little easier, you know. But yeah, that that's they still do that. There's like the the in the last Mission Impossible, they have the whole like CNN like set up yes. like fake out and you know in mission impossible 3 they have like him dressing up as uh, philip seymour hoffman and that Best. whole thing and it's oh yeah it's it's like it, it's become a staple of the the franchise and it's it's star tier.
0: yeah hell yeah hell yeah um so uh as we get near the end i don't want to miss our new categories yeah. that i'm really excited to kind of like I guess, talk a little bit more about them because we've touched on them, but, but yeah, like for you, which, which stunt do you feel like accomplishes the most, you know, this is a stretch for De Palma regardless. So what do you think is your, is maybe your favorite stunt?
1: Um, I love the opening set P that's the, I, like I said, that's still my favorite sequence, but, um, right. I w I went with the boring answer. I, it still has to be like him hanging at Langley, like, when uh renault drops him almost to the floor and, and it's like him trying to balance his body and not hit the floor like it's that's that's like in camera and it's uh mm-hmm. that was in one of my the the research is they said that he kept hitting his head on the floor because yeah. he couldn't keep, he couldn't keep straight and so it's like you can see that when it's when that yeah. scene happens it's like he literally has to like flex his body upwards like to not hit the floor and it's it's very impressive that um still like how they how he films that like straight with the floor um very low angle and um so yeah i think that's that's an iconic scene for a reason and it's you know been copied and like parodied to death (laughs) (laughs) yes it is um, i think people still forget that that's like you know a great stunt and he would like you know obviously they outdo like in every movie is a, a crazier and crazier crew stunt where he's like mm-hmm. you know just putting his body at risk Yep. <laughs> but uh this was the start of it like that's if we're gonna pick one stunt in the movie and be like that's where he gets that kind of inspiration from i think it has to be langley um but totally. yeah what about you what's your favorite stunt
0: Well, it's hard to pick because I think the, the stunts that exist in this are pretty great. Uh, I love the train sequence at the end, but it's definitely a lot more about the CG and me loving how insane it is after a movie that was so muted. But I think my favorite stunt is the magic trick that Tom Cruise does with the floppy. Oh,
1: dude, I (laughs) I didn't even see you wrote that. That was like, honestly, I was going to mention that like an honorable mention that because he actually did that in camera.
0: it's so yeah. hard to see, and it, lo- it legit looks like magic. And it's just such a good scene because, you know, Ving Rames having observed it, he is sort of like, So you did let him have it? And just that personal moment that they have is great. So I just.
1: Or it was the opposite. For the stunt, I had did, to go he, with it. He, yeah, he. Or yeah, yeah, like you said, yeah, he did let him. He did. He was faking like he had the right disc the whole time, but Renault did actually yeah. have the, the floppy disc, which I love. It's like, that's part of being a spy is basically you have to lie through your teeth and like convincingly, you know, at that lie. And so like that whole scene is just basically to embarrass Renault, but he also, (laughs) Renault had the right one.
0: Yeah, he had to, it was his only play, you know,
1: I, I, I had remembered that like from whenever I watched it before, but it was, again, it's, it's amazing. This, this movie holds up on rewatch because even when you know, the reveals you can just yes. like, you can just sit there and enjoy Cruz's performance in that scene because he has to sell mm-hmm. it that he that he believes that he has. Like, I would never let you have the knock list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. And, and, and we know as an audience like, oh, but you did, though. But <laughs> and then he's, just, he's being so cheeky about it, too. He's like really taking the piss like, you know. Did oh. I have one? Did I have two floppy discs? It's so hard to keep track of these things. He's being such a prick about it.
0: <laughs> it's true. I love, I love when he's that. being a prick in this one. This is like the one where he gets to be the most I mean tricky. Tropic
1: Thunder. Come on. Uh, oh. like, <laughs> Cruz plays a really That's good asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I wish he nails he, it. He'd let that fly more in movies, but you know, we love I love his Mission Impossible run and I don't I, I'm always like, what is he gonna do next? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's true. And then the, the, I think the favorite kill category. I think this is pretty like unanimous. I, I don't. I don't think there's any other kill that would that would really outdo it. It's got to be Emilio, right, on the elevator. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just. I mean, it's a bummer that Kristen Scott Thomas doesn't get to be in this movie more and just kind of gets it through the fence. But that that visual of the flash image there—it's it is gnarly. It really is.
1: It, it just—I I always forget that they show that much, like, when, and so that I, I always forget, and then I'm like, whoa, they actually show the thing going into his face. Like it's so—they right? cut, they they don't show it like you know fully, like R-rated, like blood and everything, but you see impact and so it's like that's what makes it and it's Emilio Estevez how can they kill Emilio
0: (laughs) right Gordon Bombay no
1: (laughs) it's oh but yeah that that it's it's still really shocking and yeah like you put like two weeks of elevator deaths like it really (laughs) (laughs) it's it's I don't know what it is but they they hit differently for sure it's
0: yeah, I don't know how many elevator desks there end up being in all these movies, but I think these are two Final top quality. Final Destination too though,
1: as I Ooh, mentioned last week, that's, that's, that's got to right, be that's up right. there. That's,
0: that's like, right. one of my
1: favorites, because they actually show the, the, the gore of it. I'm a gore hound, so, you know, I, I so like good. seeing those things. <laughs> yep, same, <laughs> um, same. There's a, there's a ton of, like, you know, information about this, too. Like, it's one of those, because like, this is a, such a historical movie. Um, I already mm-hmm. mentioned like that. Cruz kept hitting his head on the floor in the uh, in the you know the the, the heist sequence um, at yep. Langley, and uh, so it, he he eventually put coins in his shoes to balance that out. <laughs> I guess because <laughs> he was the he front, had to, for front, the weight. Yeah, the the weight in the front half was was a little more, so he had to he had to balance it out. So I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I was also mentioned that the, uh, you know, the CD magic sleight of hand trick was actually done by Cruise. Um, but yeah, if you, if you know anything about Cruz, like he really throws himself into the physicality of the roles. Like in Cocktail, he's actually making the drinks. Um, what was what's the the pool one he did? Is that uh, I can't remember the name of it. One for the oh, month. Yeah. No, something the like that. One. Yeah, but he and he he learned how to play pool with guys, you know. Like he, when you see crews doing stuff like that, you should just automatically assume that this this guy is actually doing it. <laughs> is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, he commits. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I love that scene too. I think that was a good call by you. Um, yeah, this is the only film in the franchise where Ethan Hunt doesn't fire a gun um, and doesn't have any shootouts or gunfights which I think it's really impressive that it's still suspenseful without having to do that. You don't need it. Yeah. Um, Especially
0: because I think here it's about the suspense, less about uh, the shock factor. And there's something just cool about knowing that they could always pull it back because they kind of established that Ethan Hunt does go here.
1: And it, it lets you in the sequels go, go big, bigger you know like it's like you don't start yep. from a hundred and then where exactly. do you go It's like you know this one started pretty low-key and then you know John Woo in the sequel I can't say it was low-key but <laughs> this one this one being like like low-key as it was let those other directors come in and like do the do their huge thing you know exactly um, so yeah exactly. So I think it's like think- the perfect first movie
0: Right, right. It's like we revisited that first movie last week, too. That was, you know, spending oh yeah, decades Evil, yep. as well. And so it is kind of interesting that, you know, when a franchise is, is going on for like 30 years, it's amazing to see the different filmmakers that can touch it. And I'm just like, Crazy, so it's happy. Been
1: 25 that, years. Right, <laughs> right. So but like, yeah. I'm
0: just happy De Palma has one of these more centralist films that like anyone could watch and appreciate his craft at. Because as you said earlier, you know, this is not usually how he rolls. He's usually a little bit more deranged, as it were. Mm -hmm. And I like that he's able to bring those hints here. But, you know, doesn't he still gave something that's like easy enough for anyone, you know.
1: To that point, like one of my favorite films, like to this day, like, you know, growing up with Scarface. And like, it's like the Mm -hmm. same thing where like I appreciated it just on the you know, epic gangster level as a teenager and as a kid. But, like, as now as a film person, like, w- watching it through a De Palma lens, I'm like, he's mm. doing his signature shit in Scarface, too. Uh, That's right. And, and so uh, it makes me just fall in love with that movie even more. Um, you know, even though, like, the, the the film Twitter, like, snobs, like, will never <laughs> put that in their, in their top. I'm like, you know, what? I don't care. Scarface still one of the best. <laughs> it's so good it's so good it really yeah, is scarface nails uh, it i would say blowout is still my favorite the palma now though blowout kind of usurped scarface as, as sad as that was i'm just like yeah blowout's just a masterpiece i love blowout too um, i still can't what decide what about you
0: i still can't decide <laughs> too, many, I fucking, too many bangers i it's true it's like too many of them have sequences that i'm like that's my favorite whole movie and then i'm like no you can't have all of yeah. them so it's hard, but i I feel like I love dress to kill. I just feel like dress to kill is fucking crazy thats
1: that would be in in my top like five for sure, and like Carrie too is like like one of my of favorites, like yeah, so and for the purpose of the show, I was trying to think like if we ever could do a de Palma again. We have like the Untouchables would be a candidate. Uh, And and I would say Scarface, too, is like known for the gratuitous violence. So
0: it's true. (laughs) So those would be our two
1: options in the future. I'm keeping those open. If you ever want to do those, I'm I'm totally down. I
0: definitely do. So let's definitely earmark those. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I I have to do. I was going to say we have to do some De Palma stuff and I feel like we just have so many people to talk about. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm just so grateful for our chat.
1: <laughs> I know it's like, mm-hmm. I don't get to, to geek out about De Palma enough. <laughs>
0: right?
1: Never enough. So whenever I do, I get to, I get a chance to, so, but yeah, you want to, you want to do our plugs real quick and then we can uh, get out of here. Yes, let's
0: do it. Where can the people find you?
1: All right, yeah, you can go Twitter, Rampage underscore Misfit. I'm on there talking movies all the time. And then my official movie pages are at Misfit underscore Minded. Um, But yeah, where can the people find you? Um,
0: The people can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shanny B Movies.
1: All right, yeah. And thanks again for listening. We will catch you on another episode next time of Movie Buffs.